Go around and think that you get to just have fucking experiences? You think you can have experiences? You have things to do to be important. Diving deep into myself. Just need headspace My dreams put up a fair chase My universe ain't their space I got questions for myself Why I see more than they see I know the past keeps secrets right in front of me And the truth don't like light To get that insight When you keep this in mind Is the feeling missing Living full swing back with conscious and chill we got murphy in the house what up and myself danielle and this is part two of our tarot episode last we spoke about the history of tarot some different techniques and processes um some things readers do to prepare before reading and also how it works yeah and this time we are jumping into some of the most common practices and all of the major points about how to actually read so we are going to be going over uh, briefly the difference between the major and minors, the different suits and the elements, the court cards, the aces through the tens, uh, how the hero's journey plays out. I'm running out of tone to continue this crescendo, but also <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you're the querent and uh, the significator and what those things mean, reversals, clarifiers, common occurrences, creating spreads decks and resources so if you were looking for a very specific breakdown of any card or one thing in particular we got just so much to hit that we just can't hit all of those quite yet do drop us a line though and let us know what you want to hear most so that we can get some (laughs) juicy creative ideas going um but tarot as you can see is so big and there are so many questions when you first start reading and it's very very hard to know where to start so we're going to go over some of these major key points for you beginning with the difference between the major arcana and the minor arcana yeah so in your standard tarot deck you have 78 cards that are broken into the major and minor arcana the the major arcana are the very big picture flashy events that happen in your life The minor arcana are sort of the subtle undercurrents, the details and how these events play out. And those are separated between the court cards. So your kings, queens, knights and pages, and also the aces through tens, just like your normal playing cards. Yeah, exactly. And so if you think about a good metaphor for this, um, the major arcana would be the blockbuster movie realization of a story and then the minor arcana is the actual book that it's based off of the major arcana is the flashy moments it's the things that are juicy the things that we love to tell the stories about the things that make sense to us because as humans we're all naturally storytellers even if you don't think you're a storyteller if you like to read a book or watch tv or even listen to music that is engaging in story in some way in your life and it's how we connect. The major arcana a lot of times has this sort of sexy shine to it because it is what we remember the most when it comes to our lives and it represents all of those archetypal people and experiences. Whereas in the minor arcana, you have all of the details and the nuances. This is why people, when they are talking about a book versus a movie, the book people are diehard book fans because they are very often people where the beauty isn't necessarily always the large events, but the smaller nuances, the day-to-day, the little things that often we take for granted or that aren't as appealing when you put them on camera, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, in all actuality, if you've ever watched a hacker movie, 
they make it seem so intense. But in all actuality, if you're a hacker, you're just really sitting at your computer like 90% of the time. All day. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and visually, visually, that's not very striking, even though that's the reality, uh, yeah. you know? You're not Angelina Jolie. <laughs> yeah, and the, with the close-ups, and then just the, there's this random like, car, sh- car chase scene. Like, how often do Hollywood execs sit in a room when someone's <laughs> pitching an idea and just randomly are like, hey, this is a great idea. Can we put a car chase? seen in here like that's not really necessary sir like (laughs) Uh, but yeah so that's a lot of the difference between the major and the minor the minors are a little bit less sexy but they really dig into the media reality of the things that we tend to live every single day And then we have uh, the suits. So if you're at all familiar with astrology, it's pretty easy to take to the suits pretty quickly because there is this elemental correlation. Yep. So the suits are wands, pentacles, cups, and swords. The wands are your fire energy. This is very much about personal power and creative energy. It's your spiritual expression. It's definitely about action and initiation, I think. Yeah, and it does have that, um, like you said, that spirituality expression. I think that's one thing that gets overlooked with the wands a lot is people think of it as such a, uh, alchemical, personal power, creative, outward energy. But it really does have this deep, almost sort of spiritual practice to it that a lot of people take for granted. And, and I think a lot of that is because it is a seat of manifestation, like in order to manifest, you have to have large wells of personal power, alchemically speaking. Mm-hmm. And so how you get that, the one suit describes that. And so there is this undercurrent of spirituality to the suit that a lot of people, I think, gloss over very often because it doesn't have that sort of mystical appeal that the cups do. <laughs> Yeah, but there is a lot of passion with the wands, um, for sure. But definitely, uh, we can go from the cups from there. That's the water element. You have emotional development. There is a connection to the self and to others, the universe. There is also a bit of creative and spiritual energy there. And it's really about the love and romance is usually what people are looking at the cups for. Yeah, and I think um, I think that's because through love and romance, we find our own emotional development, you know? And I, I say this about dating a lot, but when you are dating, for the most part, a good majority of the people that you date, like 80% of the people that you date, are people that you date only solely just to teach you about yourself. It's not some sort of... For new experiences. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And a lot of times we, we look that over. Um, but we crave emotional connection a lot of times and we pursue it heavily when we are trying to find a deeper connection both to ourself or to something at large. And then people are just sort of the vehicles in which we use in order to find that aspect of fulfillment for the human experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of emotional maturity, I think, in the cups. Whenever you get to the king, of course, but just starting out, you're just a, a moody cry baby fish (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean because it really does it has that it has that progression it's such a it's such a dramatic progression i think we've talked about this before with each other about how the cups are such a roller coaster Mm -hmm. a lot of times about how it's up and then a down up and then a down it's really really good and then it's really hard it's really good and then it's really ostracized it's really good and then it's sad and then it's sweet and then it's confusing <laughs> and then you have to walk away but you're not sure if you want to walk away but you know emotional you roller coaster away. yeah yeah and <laughs> it's just that uh the emotions are a bit of a convoluted thing at large you know <laughs> they're very intangible so the cubs very much has that aspect to them yeah and from there we have a little more stability with the pentacles this is earth it's about the physical world it's about material things your finances um your sense of practicality and rationality yeah and i think also your um spiritual ritual so i find that the pentacles very similar to the wands also have this sort of muted spirituality undercurrent to them where a lot of times they will speak to you about are you allotting enough energy for a spiritual side of yourself? Because when you do go too heavy into practical matters, too heavy into emotional matters, 
or even too heavy into trying to force yourself to be creative or productive. Mm -hmm. Like that energy of the wands, the the pentacles are there to kind of say, hey, what is practical is to balance it out. Nobody Mm -hmm. can work all the time. Nobody can create all the time. Nobody can think or feel all the time. So what are you doing to balance it out? There's a very rootedness to when you get these cards. and so it very often is about your money. Don't get me wrong. I freaking love it when I have very many um, easier pentacles cards. I don't really think that they're ever good cards or bad cards. I do understand why people say that. But um, I would say that there are some that are easier and some that are harder. <laughs> kind of like astrology. If you have a lot of trines, certain things are easier for you. If you have a lot of squares, certain things seem harder. Um but yeah, and so a lot of times it is easy to look at them as just career or just material or just money, but they do also have this sort of mm-hmm. little touch of spirituality to them that I find is pretty sweet that reminds you to kind of come back home and connect to yourself. And earth signs in general, if you think about it, are kind of like that. They'll be going fucking hard at work and the finances and just when you think that they're like a soulless working machine all of a sudden they'll say something that's just so deep and sweet and thoughtful and that you can tell they've really been turning over in their mind for quite some time Mm. and it's just so meaningful and wise and you're like oh damn you surprised me boo (laughs) (laughs) it's the goats (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i think pentacles it's not just the financial wealth like you're saying it is about spiritual wealth as well and also like I always think of the nine of pentacles she's like at this point of self-sufficiency and just contentment and she's she's taking care of her home so there is sort of this maternal energy I think as well yeah she's doing it and if you think about the king and queen in that suit too Mm -hmm. they're they're very like that they very much have um, like baby empress and emperor vibes, which I think all of the kings and queens, in my opinion, every king and queen informs what an emperor would look like in totality or the empress looks like mm-hmm. in totality. So in order to be a good emperor or empress in the major arcana, you have to be able to embody every single king card to be a good emperor, every single queen card to be a good empress. Um, but the pentacles show that aspect, uh, I would say most naturally they fit into that a lot a lot of readers also qualify them as like this is kind of like a little version of the empress mm-hmm. this is kind of like a little version of the emperor <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, speaking of mm-hmm. other kings and queens the uh, final suit and the most fun oh the swords of course uh <laughs> this is more about intellect it is about your thought patterns and processes. It is about communication, um, expressing yourself. Uh, You've mentioned a bit about mental programming and conditioning, sort of. Yeah, that's so when I read with the swords, uh, they're actually honestly one of my favorite uh, suits. I would think, you would think that because I'm so watery, it's cups, but it's actually swords. And I think it's because it's a very easily understood tangible uh, communicated message when the swords come up Mm -hmm. when you're very swords heavy in a reading it's very obvious like oh shit's done fucked up (laughs) cut straight to the point (laughs) stab you in the heart (laughs) there's no fucking around at all it's like here is the problem here is what you do period and that's because it really doesn't uh, pussyfoot around and it doesn't sugarcoat anything. It gets straight to the heart of what are your ideas about self? What are your ideas about others? And how are you letting that rule your life? And what are you going to do about it? Because um, the swords are very action oriented. It's that airy action oriented energy. Like, okay, well, this is what's going on. So what are you going to do about it now? And they're also about boundaries and we mm-hmm. all need more boundaries. So <laughs> yeah, setting healthy boundaries, trusting your instincts and just kind of recognizing that cause and effect relationship between your actions and your thoughts. Yeah, exactly. Um, and don't worry, we're not going to just gloss over the fact that they carry some of the hardest to understand and most difficult to deal with cards we'll get to oh yeah the three the seven the nine the three the seven the the nine the five the ten it's a lot of a lot of shit to deal with (laughs) 
even the six the six were just so peaceful everybody i know especially people that have like, such she's a hard leaving. time with toxic she's peacing out yeah <laughs> like, yeah they're like but do i really do i really want to leave this toxic really no you do but do i but just you, go. can i tell you <laughs> run <laughs> yeah the six is a repeat offender for a lot of people it's been a repeat offender for me so i, I definitely empathize but um yeah we're definitely going to get to that uh but one of the most interesting things, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit when I was just talking about the kings and the queens and the emperor and the empress, some of the most, quote, mysterious cards are the court cards. And that's because these so often seem very out of reach in terms of a definition. Um, and this is often because they are taught that they represent yourself or another person um, a personality type or stage of life and so they almost kind of have that major arcana feel like to a touch where it seems like a big glossy event and so trying to understand that in terms of practical application can be a little bit of a struggle but once you get familiar with them once you see them as archetypes rather than a big mystical thing I think they're easier to understand wouldn't you say yeah I think a lot of readers get overwhelmed with them at first it's like you said you don't know if it's you someone else is it a role you have to play even the genders don't matter so much like you could be represented by the king of pentacles for example or you pull the page of swords and you're like who the fuck is this supposed to be <laughs> like, like new phone who this like <laughs> yeah it, it's very vague but i think the more you get familiar with the court cards like they are very strong archetypes and different stages yeah, and of life mm -hmm. exactly i think that they also really point towards how connected to your brand of intuition you are mm -hmm. so the more connected you are and the more you know how you intuit how you feel how your heart and your emotions allow you to connect to your higher self to god to whatever your form of source is or is called then the court cards tend to come a little bit more naturally to you i know when I really worked on my intuition rather than working on understanding the cards themselves, then all of a sudden it's like I just woke up one day and the court cards made sense when I had been struggling mm -hmm. with them for like a year, year and a half or so. Um, and when you start off at the bottom, uh, you have the pages. So this is kind of like your toddler. <laughs> it's very much that sort of toddler energy where you're a little bit fiery, a little bit destructive, <laughs> but insanely curious and so cute that even when you do destroy something, it's very hard for anybody to be mad at you because mm -hmm. you have such a pure excitement, um, invigorated type of energy because toddlers can be little fucking demons. <laughs> and then they'll just like look at you with this like just pure, young, innocent, I haven't been overly informed about the world or the way things work yet face. And then you're like, oh, well, fuck, I'm not mad at you anymore. <laughs> yeah. The pages are like your noobs. <laughs> like they're ready for the new experiences and new lessons and sort of a fresh start. And that's yeah. the beginning of them progressing into sort of the night, which is still a little directionless, but he's ready to go. <laughs> Yeah, well, really invigorated. I like to look at it as uh, pages are kind of like a freshman student. And mm -hmm. then knights are a, a senior that's been doing an internship and is about to graduate and start a job with the place that they've been interning at for the last year. That very much like, oh, I've accomplished college. I'm done. I'm set. I'm about to start off on my life. Like, I'm really like, I'm finally living. I am living. I am myself. I am my best self. Yeah, but they still still need some direction. They're kind of like the stubborn, like after high school, like you think you know who you are and what you're doing. It's definitely about change and new challenges and just sort of starting those creative and kind of intellectual endeavors. Yeah, and, and you uh, hit on the key word right there, and that's challenges. Oftentimes when you're in the night, it is something that feels very challenging but in a good way in an invigorated way i think this mm -hmm. is why uh a couple of the knights have like what people call like fuck boy vibes so I've <laughs> all of them like yeah i mean honestly like in my opinion yes <laughs> but i've heard it like most specifically about uh the knight of wands 
and the Knight of oh, Pentacles. Yeah. I, I hear it the most about those two cards. Uh, but honestly, there's a little bit of fuckboy in all of those cards because what what is a fuckboy but somebody that thinks that he knows so much more than he actually does um, and it just <laughs> seems romantic because they're passionate when really it's just that they're a little bit egotistical and they think that they know everything, but they really don't. <laughs> and that is very much <laughs> night energy. Like you're excited, you're energized, you inspire others, you're passionate, people like to be around you. However, after a little while, there's sort of like this misstep, you know? Like when you're around a fuck boy, <laughs> you can kind of tell after a little while, like, oh, like you play games because you're insecure in some way and if you were actually around me in your entirety I would probably get bored with you because you're immature messy and sloppy there a player yeah yeah and that's very much like the knights like every time I'm in a knight card it's very much like that I always the one that is the most infuriating for me is when I'm in knight of pentacles because I'm in knight of pentacles and I'm and all of my arrogance, so it's so fitting, <laughs> sitting down, thinking, all right, I am so ready to see this King of Pentacles. I'm ready for it. I am ready for King of Pentacles to be in my life. And then I shuffle, and then, pop, out comes Knight of Pentacles. And I'm like, bitch! <laughs> yeah. Like, you're so far from being a king right now. Like, sit down, calm down. Plan some of your shit out. Mm -hmm. Start thinking long term. Stop thinking that everything is going to happen overnight. That you're right. just going to wake up one day and be a master. And that's the difference between the knights and the kings and all of their different domains, whether it's wands, pentacles, cups, swords, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And then we got our queens. Um, we've talked a bit about this is sort of the promotion from your internship. This is the independent aspects of the divine feminine. So I would like to think of her as sort of the behind the scenes protector and nurturer, like very much similar to the king, but the queens are a little more badass, I think. Yeah, and I think that's because in, in the queens, it's really so much about self. And so that's, if the whole terminology of the divine feminine seems a little bit confusing, um, first of all, everyone has masculine and, and feminine. <laughs> everyone has masculine and feminine energy within them, and that's totally okay. That's totally okay. It doesn't make you less manly. It doesn't make you less feminine to have one or the other. But in the queens and in divine feminine energy, that is where you come into yourself for yourself. And I think that gets missed a lot because most of our female archetypes in the world are all are mothers. So mothers are probably the most famous female archetype of all history, mm -hmm. you know. Um, however, some of the best mothers I know whose children love them and adore them and would be an army and go fight hell for them <laughs> mm -hmm. are mothers that really have this queen-like energy where they are a master of sorts but more than anything else they're a master of themselves and in taking care of themselves they know how to adequately take care of others and that's very much that master divine feminine energy you're independent you're badass you you don't take shit from anybody but you also know when to be soft and you know mm -hmm. when to deal with emotions and you also know when to curb emotions you know when to look at somebody in an emotional experience and go i understand what you're going through and i know that this is hard now let's look at what we can do about it you know the difference of when to do that versus when to just sit and listen you know and those queens have that delicate intuitive very natural disposition in order to handle their shit like that like they just get shit done definitely that promotion energy yeah i think of say for example the queen of cups she's very much in control of her emotions you've got the queen of swords she's like that cutting edge sort of like it's just, <laughs> takes no shit. takes no shit sort of person right? <laughs> <laughs> none period no shit allowed here like <laughs> yeah she'll fuck you up and yeah. the queen of wands i think of uh a sort of this like very excitable woman like very passionate like it's sort of like that fire energy like that sagittarius sort of woman that leo woman that's what i think of the queen of wands yeah she's very often called the witch card too so mm. Like, uh, especially people that read tarot from a very pagan witch sort of background. 
which have as we've said before neither one of us is a witch so we don't obviously if you can tell after listening to us for a while because we don't teach from that mindset or that aspect um in terms of self-identifying anyhow um yeah, I know. I hear you. All of my witch friends out there that are like, Murphy, you're totally oh, a witch. I know, it's so sweet. <laughs> I hear, yeah, but I can like, I can hear it. I can hear it and I can, I can see the text messages lighting up now. Girl, how many times we got to have this conversation? Um, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I respect you. Um, but yeah, so she's often the, the uh, Queen of Wands is often the witch card. And that's because she embodies the archetype of that witch energy. Somebody that is very free thinking very mm -hmm. creative very uninhibited lusty yeah 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 but also doesn't really need anybody else's rules like isn't really concerned with anybody else's rules isn't really concerned with anyone's authority but her own and that very much is that kind of witch vibe that's why they are so troublesome a lot of times to historical institutions when you study them in a historical context you know mm -hmm. And moving on to the kings, we got the masters of, you call them the CEOs. <laughs> yeah, it's big CEO energy, like CEO vibes when you're when you're in the king, you know, or when there's a, a king energy coming into your life. The big it's dick energy. <laughs> it is big dick energy. Um, <laughs> uh, and this is just a... It's, it's a sense of rootedness. You have rootedness in the queens that is a sense of rootedness in knowing how to take care of self. And then the kings kind of take that and they look at it in a bit more of an outward way. So the king is that CEO type of energy where you're definitely not a student. You're definitely not graduating college. You are not getting promoted through the ranks. You actually are at that rank, that one singular rank up at the mm -hmm. top of some area of your life and you have mastered whatever it was that you were working on through this cycle and you are ready to put it towards a new cycle and that is the pivotal difference between the kings and the queens right there mm -hmm. they both have a sense of mastery but the kings are when you've reached a point in which you have developed so much that you now have things to give to others so in the queens you have so much but the queens are so strict about their boundaries for a reason because they don't have extra to give to others past what they can give to themselves mm -hmm. and that is a hundred percent needed but once you have reached this level of being the king you not only have enough for what you need, but you have enough for what others need. And giving is not a detriment to you like it would have been when you were in the queen stage. Yeah, you got your master of finances with the king of pentacles. The king of swords is sort of this master of communication and making decisions. The king of cups is like the queen, this master of emotional maturity, building relationships, making connections. And the King of Wands is like very powerful energy, just like the Queen. There is that free thinking man that is like sort of the wild card. Yeah, and I think you do see, I do try to tread carefully when talking about gender roles with the Kings and the Queens, because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people do get them convoluted. But I think what you see in the Kings is kind of funny because it does echo the structure of uh, patriarchy. And, and that's when you're in a king stage, you are comfortable speaking freely into the lives of others. Whereas often when you're in the queen stage, you don't have that same desire. And that is very reflective. It's more of gender roles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very reflective of gender roles. Like men are much more comfortable just like speaking exactly what they think in a conversation very often compared to women. Now, I know that that has changed with all of the neuroses of the modern day. I'm totally not uh, <laughs> saying that men don't have anxieties or overthink or have trouble speaking or expressing themselves. Um, but just in general, the way that a lot of cultural framing is around uh, women speaking out versus men speaking out when it comes to work and boardrooms, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that king energy. Like kings feel comfortable and free to speak out, whereas queens more are about, like I said, internalizing the energy and focusing it back in on themselves. Mm -hmm. And I like going back to the connection you made, that the emperor is sort of all of the kings combined. The empress is all of the queens combined. 
So it's like all of these different aspects of the self. You've got the spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical made up of all the cards. You sort of get this ideal self-fulfilled, self-actualized person. Yeah. And it's such a, the emperor and the empress are probably one of my favorites. You know, they're the tarot power couple, but Mm -hmm. even just in terms of for myself, like I always, if I have both come up in a reading where I am fully focused on just my own energy, it just makes me feel so happy because what a better team there is if you can have that team within yourself where your masculine energy and your divine uh, uh, feminine energy are both working in harmony like that's mm-hmm. normally when you're in a great flow state in your life you're in a cycle in which you're just flowing you're vibing you're rocking you know when to push you know when to pull back and not uh, impose too much you know just the right amount to impose when you have to impose you know when to let yourself rest you know when to let yourself work for like 20 hours straight and you're just in that flow state you're in that vibe where you could sleep four hours one night and 10 hours like the next and it (laughs) just somehow everything works out and that's really what all uh eight of those cards together do when you experience that mastery in the emperor and empress yeah yeah i like that having that sort of balance between your feminine and masculine energies and knowing in what situations to channel them But moving on to the aces through the tens, um, you've got here just sort of laid out the human experience in each suit. So these are very short, simple scenes, but they have a lot of specific details and like kind of heavy subject matter once you really kind of stare at them for a long time and you keep pulling them and you're like shit i keep getting this nine of swords (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) way yeah and you just you notice something like different all the time too in that like when we um we just actually we recorded backwards we recorded uh, part three before we did part two and when the nine of swords came up I think we all like noticed like stuff about it that we hadn't noticed yeah. before you know um which is such a nine of swords theme <laughs> like stop paying attention to this one thing when there are so many other details that can help you right now it's not it's chill yeah but they are like these um these universal aspects of life they seem like sort of mundane or boring but there is a lot to them if you look at Rider weight, which is uh, the other most popular one and probably the one in which most decks that are made are based off of in some loose fashion. Um, the Rider weight tells a story in each suit. So from an ace all the way through the 10, you are watching a life cycle play out in vaguely similar imagery so you're watching the birth or the offer a lot of times people say birth but I like to say offer because one of the biggest struggles with the aces is that aces are offers and opportunities that are very easy to say yes to but are also very easy to say no to it's Mm -hmm. really 50 50 and so when aces come up a lot in a reading people can get really excited but I always emphatically remind clients yes there is a lot to be excited about here but action is required (laughs) yeah are you ready for it will you accept it yeah it's so interesting so aces are are normally offers twos are accepting or acting on the offers probably the only one that that struggles to make sense with that is the is the two of pentacles the two of pentacles means yes you've accepted the offer but you also have other offers that you didn't quite let go of which is such an earth sign vibe (laughs) or balancing uh their their life (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you have but but you have to balance something because you're not ready to put something down that you have room to put mm-hmm. down, but you're just not ready to do it yet. And that, again, is is about connection. It's about balancing your connections and about really connecting to yourself so that you do know what you want. Um, but then in general, you move to the threes, which are about applying that connection to yourself in an outward way. So this is easy to see in the three of wands, which has very obvious in. Uh, imagery about expansion this is easy to see in the three of cups which is about celebrating community and then this is easy to see in the three of pentacles which is about building a community 
And then probably where it seems the most shocking is the Three of Swords. However, pain, anxiety, and that sense of heaviness and internal heartbreak Mm -hmm. is absolutely necessary to being able to intellectually thrive in a connection. Because if you can't handle anxiety, if you can't handle pain, heartbreak, or the occasional setback, if you can't get past that, you will never really truly be able to connect with someone on a wholly intellectual level. You'll always trip yourself up and sabotage yourself. Um, And then you move on to the fours, which are about stabilizing and really rooting yourself down from everything that you've learned, taking a moment to stop really root all of the lessons from whatever the ace through the three was for that suit and really giving yourself a moment to create a sense of stability out of it and then you move on to the fives which are all about threatening that stability that climax and yeah yeah yeah, seeing if you can deal with change after having felt so stable because Mm -hmm. life will never let you just stay in one phase it is constantly fluid and the fives are all about challenging your ability to be fluid mm-hmm. and then you get a little bit of a reward a little bit of a break in the sixes which kind of give you a bit of a respite they help move you along but in a leisurely way they don't push you they don't prod you they kind of let you just fall into the next state of life which is again the sevens which are how I think of them often is when I was learning was as miniature fives they're not quite as severe as the fives but they do kind of have that like melancholy that the fives have just without all of the drama you know they don't have the drama of the fives but they do kind of have this melancholy aspect of things are a little awkward they're a little difficult there's some assessment i think with the seven fives like you're kind of reevaluating what's going on yeah it's precisely what they're about they're about reevaluating and they're about not quite yet and hold on a second and really process this more Mm -hmm. because when you get to the eight it's time to get shit moving period (laughs) and that's the eight right there there's really nothing more to that i mean there's a lot more to that but in general um and then you just slide right into the nines which are that sense of accomplishment that sense of i have finally done the thing i I said i was going to do the thing and the thing is now done I don't have to do the thing anymore. Except the swords. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if the thing has been analyzing something to death, then once you reach the nine, you definitely have. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're tens. (laughs) And then you're tens. And then you're done. Like, ten of swords. You're done. You're done. You can't analyze it anymore. So, the tens. So, then you get into the tens in which the experience has reached its culmination. It has gone as far as it could possibly go, and it is time to recognize that, mourn it or celebrate it or both, Mm -hmm. and then take what you've learned from that cycle, that experience, and get ready to transform it. Use it as the compost to start another cycle. And... This is super duper, refu- super duper. I don't even know what spirits are inside of me today. Lord, I'm not speaking literally just for anybody who's very particular. Um, yes. So this is very reflective of the hero's journey. You know, the aces are the start of an opportunity, the potential, the beginning, that sense of calm right before the storm where, you know, something big's about to happen. The two is the hero agreeing to go off on the journey. Then the fives are the first time they fail. And, oh, no, it's so sad they failed. But we all know that they can make it. And then (laughs) you follow those numbers along that stage all the way until the end, which is the end of the movie, the end of the story. Things are complete. People are grown up or married or whatever. They found their boo. They beat the bad guy, et cetera, et cetera. The aces through the tens perfectly embody this story this hero's Mm -hmm. journey and i think that's really where you get the strongest aspects of tarot is that they really can block out narrative for you about where you've been and where you're going yeah and there are also some readers that may not take into account the sort of narrative through the numbers some use numerology some look at astrological numbers so it's really what feels comfortable to you yeah, and I think it's I think it's based on the knowledge that you already have. Tara will always meet you with where you're at. We've already done the little mini readings that I'm so excited to show 
show listen for you give here for you guys how what is the terminology for that <laughs> uh, share we'll just go with share um i'm so excited to share with you guys because we've already done our little mini readings and it's just so exciting mm-hmm. because nick is very good with numerology and that plays a huge part in the process of how he does his readings but it's so beautiful like his knowledge and how he interprets it in terms of the cards and and what they give back to them and so I'm not very educated in numerology at all I'm very much come from an astrology background and so a lot of the cards are informed by my astrological information I'm a film and communications major so a lot of how I read cards is informed by that and so tarot is always going to meet you with whatever your set of knowledge is it's all about symbology and what about reversal cards we should talk a bit about those well first of all you don't have to do reversals just so anybody knows that's not a thing that you have to do you can fully decide that you're never going to do reversals when you read and you won't be missing anything or lacking anything in any way if that's decide if that's how you decide you're going to read because again tarot meets you where you are Um, And outside of that, there are two main ways of interpreting reversals. One is that when a card is reversed, it is the quite literal inverse or opposite of whatever its original upright meaning is, Mm -hmm. which is probably the main one. However, the second way of looking at them, which I think has been gaining more popularity in recent years, is that if a card is in a reversal, then it is an intense emphasis on the original meaning of the card so Mm -hmm. one person would say that the empress reversed means that you are taking too much that you are hoarding your abundance that you are focused wholly on your abundance when you need to be a little bit more of that archetype of building and sharing and being a mother of the people type so you know stop being a bitch and holding everything for yourself (laughs) whereas other readers if they see the empress reverse they actually would think no you need to welcome more abundance into your life like you really are struggling to accept that you can have things just to have them not because you need to earn them not because you have to be owed like have to toil and struggle for them but that you really really need to learn how to accept abundance accept love accept Mm -hmm. things being given to you just for the sake of being given to you and so those are two totally opposite ways of interpreting reversals and I know readers where it's super duper valid in both styles I think it again it's tarot meets you where you're at and so Whatever you decide is what you decide. There is no right or wrong when it comes to doing them, not doing them, or how you define them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't too often interpret the reversal cards. Every so often I do interpret clarifying cards. So that's when you've done your reading, you pulled out, you asked your questions, you pulled your cards, and now you're a bit stuck. You need a sort of card to summarize everything or... You want to ask an additional question, but we've talked a bit about this. You don't overdo it because you're basically getting the same response in different wording. Yeah, exactly. So if the original card is that table is mahogany, once you have clarified that card, be it with one or multiple cards, all that it is saying is that table is a beautiful type of wood called mahogany with a lovely grain and stain. Yeah. <laughs> so it says the same thing, just with more details. And I think that is a way in which I myself got very lost and lost in the sauce, convoluted when trying to learn how to use clarifiers, because I would have five cards and then all of a sudden I'd end up with 30 cards on the floor in front of me. And I was just so lost, <laughs> overwhelmed. What have I done to myself? <laughs> and yeah. that's because I didn't look at it as filling in additional details about a core truth that already was being presented but I was looking at it more in terms of a new branch or a new story or something different than what the original card said and I would say a good four out of five times it's because I was looking for a different answer than the one I got and I thought that Mm -hmm. if I just kept pulling cards that it would tell me something different and it didn't but you know fixed sign so stubborn yeah that's the thing to remember you're not always going to get the answer you expect and the clarifiers will only tell you so much. They're going to cut you off once you keep asking. They can be cheeky. Hello, <laughs> Ten of Swords. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> How many times have I just been asking the same question slightly different ways a thousand times and then Ten of Swords is like, no, yeah. I'm done. You're done. I'm tired. You're beating a dead horse. <laughs> go to bed. Take a melatonin and go to sleep. Yeah, they'll cut you off when you get too far. <laughs> and speaking of, we should talk about some troublesome cards, any problem cards that we've had. And not to really look at them as troublesome cards, but really how can we learn from them? Ooh, yeah. There's no shortage of these, is there? Because there are yeah. so many things people just love to avoid in life. <laughs> exactly. And, and they tend to be the same for all of us. Most of the time, not all of the time. We do have a few dark horses in this category. Uh, so typically in the majors, you have the devil, the death card, the tower, uh, even the moon for some people. A lot of people really struggle with the moon, you know. Um, the hermit card, the hermit card can be really mm -hmm. scary to a lot of people. I always forget that one too. Like I forget how painful the hermit card can be, especially when you're someone like in the throes of searching for love, you know, and just, yeah. you get the hermit card. If you're card like ostracized. And, yeah, yeah. You get the hermit card and it's like single alone forever. <laughs> <laughs> so brutal uh, when you're in that state of mind. Uh, and then the miners have uh, their fair share as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've gone over those a bit already. The mostly the sword stack and also the the cups as well. Yeah, the fives have some shitty ones in there too. Yeah, all of the fives are are troublesome in in some way, shape, or form. You know, the five the five of pentacles is a really hard one for a lot of people. Um, seven of cups is a really hard one. Eight of cups can be a very hard one, which it, it's supposed to be peaceful. So it's very funny how it's. Uh, it's kind of the irony of that card, you know, like it's supposed to be all about like pursuing your deeper self, your better self, your greater self, and what really mm -hmm. aligns with your future. Um, and the guy is bravely not looking back, but it so often comes up for people that just want to look back and don't want to walk forward. Yeah. Um, and I say that with a smile on my face because it's been me a lot. It's not because I'm looking down on anyone. <laughs> I'm laughing at myself. I'm looking down on myself, maybe. <laughs> like, oh, baby. <laughs> I think the thing with to remember with those scary cards, like the tower, for example, you know, it may seem like your life is falling apart, but there is a, a purpose for a sudden setback or a sudden disruption. Like there has sort of like the phoenix, you have to burn it down just to rebirth and bring it back up. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, especially with the scarier ones, um, I've noticed that the first time you get them is always the hardest. You know, the first reading that I ever sat down and got was uh, the tower, the devil, and then like a couple of swords. Death did pop up, but like bottom of the deck or as a clarifier, it wasn't in the main reading, you know. Um, mm. So it was like, it was a heavy boy. It was a heavy, heavy boy. And that was my first ever reading that I sat for. It's super accurate. It was very I don't, oh, it's almost weird. I can remember that time in my life and I can remember the heaviness and the, just the physical heartbreak I was experiencing, you know, when you get that first really, really like bad, destroyed heartbreak where your body just feels sick, sick all the time, just yeah. because of emotion. <laughs> um, and, and, and honestly, like the, there's been some painful moments where I've gotten those cards again, but it, it never really was quite intense. And that was a cognitive dissonance with me for a while because since it was such a severe time in my life, if the tower or the devil or, or swords cards would pop up again, I'd be like, oh God, oh no, is that time going to happen again? And it didn't. It just, it was very different. The, yeah, it, yeah, it was very different. And mm -hmm. I would also like to say, let's not neglect, some cards are so hard to be in. I struggle with the Empress card a lot, ironically. Um, it's very, cause it's very, I'm very Plutonian. So it's very hard for me to receive just to receive. I have to literally be badgered into not trying to earn or prove to mm -hmm. people that I care about them or that I should be here <laughs> and that I'm allowed to take up space and it's gotten better throughout the years, but it's still still does pop up as a struggle of course from time to time so the empress i'm a little bit more comfortable with her now uh but i just never I, I never really could like just feel it and like accept it and want it the way that a lot of people did i did i do the same with the sun card too like the sun card never was as desired to me i think as it is for a lot of people again 
it's so plutonian i feel like i have to like earn <laughs> the darkness yeah yeah well and it doesn't even feel like darkness to us like if you're a heavy plutonian it doesn't even feel like darkness you're just like no i just i should toil and struggle right like i should like i belong down here right like I, sh- I should be down here i should no wait i don't you what? <laughs> i'm so confused what do you mean <laughs> are you speaking another language <laughs> that is all of my saturn energy you're talking right now mm-hmm. <laughs> mixed with the pluto so. mixed with the pluto that's rough too because I, I i can deal with pluto because it's it's quick you know like it's, <laughs> it's dramatic and intense but it's quick and saturn is just like are we done no we're not done yet well every day we're done? gonna fuck you up <laughs> we're not we're not done there's more work to be done. <laughs> I don't know why you're thinking for two seconds that you can just enjoy yourself and that you can just enjoy life and that you can just go around and think that the you struggle. get to just have fucking experiences. You think you can have experiences? You have things to do to be important. <laughs> um, <laughs> yo, when I go through intense Saturn transits, and my Saturn return wasn't even like that. I had a lot of really intense Saturn transits before my Saturn return, which I think made my Saturn return very rosy and actually a very good time in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's because I had all of that Saturn energy ahead of time. That's that taskmaster energy. Like, nope, you're not done. No, you're not done. No, you are not done. Keep going. <laughs> And what would you say are some of your favorite cards? Oh, some of my favorite cards. Um, I, I used to be able to answer this question so easily. I think I've gotten so comfortable with most of them. It's not quite as intense as what it used to be. I do always still love the Ace of Cups now, which is funny because it used mm-hmm. to be a card that I hate. I hated. Again, open, vulnerable, Pluto, <laughs> whatever i don't even need to tell the whole story anymore whatever. Just can't say those words um i really like the queen of wands i really kind of like that sunshiny energy my leo dog just literally came up and put her head under my hand as i said that oh he's so cute um <laughs> pet me i'm so beautiful um but yeah i really i like that queen of wands kind of energy of of just getting to just be i've been getting that a lot lately in terms of reading for myself and it's kind of a breath of fresh air in terms of some of the other minutiae of day-to-day life but yeah uh, high priestess i love high priestess Mm -hmm. i love the magician the fool i sometimes love and sometimes hate i have a very intense relationship (laughs) with it the world card um, and then oh. I love extras. I love the extra cards, like the 79th cards, whenever somebody normally adds like an, another major. That's another one that I would say is my uh. favorite. I have a couple of decks that have a 79th card and they're like always like at the end of the major arcana and they're so sweet. I love them. So I do also really like the magician and high priestess because they're both on that sort of seer, highly intuitive sort of really working on their subconscious and the collective unconscious i love that energy as well yeah they're a lot more fun than the stodgy hero font that's another one i forgot fuck that one mom (laughs) (laughs) the the discipline and the structure it's very hard with my personality to adapt with that Mm -hmm. card i've gotten it a lot and be like again (laughs) (laughs) like what do you want to teach me god (laughs) do i really have to do this can't i just be like a wild merlin-ish magician just out here just vibing i know you want me to be regulated and regimented and structured and, 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 structured, and that's really what's discipline. best for me right now no. but i really don't want to do it but you're still going to keep showing it to me over and over again until i do it yeah that one <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to forget that card because that one year i kept pulling it constantly constantly mm. and mm. it was a time that i was i was engaged i was figuring out things with my relationships with all men mm-hmm. sort of fight the patriarchy sort of thing but mm-hmm. really balancing healthy relationships with men all men in my life yeah and that's so true that card. yeah that card is very much all about that phase if you i would 100 percent co-sign that if you are getting the hierophant card a lot and you don't really know why because it doesn't really make sense based on the textbook definitions and you're just starting to learn it probably has something to do with your relationships with men and your relationship to your own divine masculine either mm-hmm. or um because that was a very common occurrence for me when I would start getting that card too. I've gotten it in a couple of cycles now and it's always the same way. It's always tied to 
yes, structure, but also the acceptance of that sort of masculine energy that is seen as the traditional energy, you know, and, and how to work that in into your own state of being. So and what would you say about any missing cards? Are you missing any cards from your deck at the moment? Oh, not at the moment. I have one deck in which um, a couple of cards got so damaged that I couldn't read with them anymore. And so there are cards missing mm-hmm. from that one because every once in a while I'll meet someone that will remind me of a card or like they need something. And so I'll take a card out of that deck and write them a little note or letter and then give that card away. Um, yeah, I know. I'm so Cancer Moon. Whatever. And on that note of being vulnerable and open, Ace of Cups. I lost an Ace of Cups in a deck because I got mad that I got it again. <laughs> And so I you just I lost maybe, <laughs> I did it yeah well the real story behind that is I didn't lose it I got mad and I hit the spread across the room oh my gosh and I found every card except for the ace of cups and I couldn't do readings for like four months which was a really long time because that was when I was starting to learn so four months when you're starting to learn is a terribly long time uh and it took like four months until I finally found the card like I looked everywhere for it everywhere everywhere and then I found it somewhere that I could have sworn that I looked in at least six or seven times, but I just had never seen it before. Um, yeah, and they're so representative of... Tarot is just so funny this way because something like that is so representative of what you really need to learn, but mm-hmm. haven't or can't or won't, whatever the reason is at the time. Because I was struggling so bad with being open and vulnerable. I was really in this state of wanting to control so much without having to open up at all and ace of cups was like you can have it you just have to open up sweetie (laughs) you just have to share a little bit and i was like i refuse (laughs) drama across the room okay now i have to pay for this by having to sit and stew over my little temper my toddler temper for a few months Alrighty. what about you uh, I haven't had too many experiences with missing cards. Um, I I do remember one time I found the strength card at a very pivotal moment of my life, and it was just perfectly applicable at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, so that's a, definitely one of my favorite cards as well. Yeah. I think these little patterns are some of my favorites in tarot, though. That deck that I was talking about that's damaged – um, the first way that it got damaged was I had just gotten the deck. A friend had gifted it to me and it was the first time I'd been gifted a deck. I totally don't follow that tradition that somebody has to give you your decks. Um, Mm-mm. I had tons before that. Um, and I had had it for like only two or three days and, uh, a dog, not my dog. Um, a dog had, while well, I had turned my head for about a minute, minute and a half having a conversation with somebody, this dog, this adorable and troublesome Welshie terrier came up, grabbed it like silently off of the table I was reading on, pulled it down and just started gnawing the fucking hell out of that. What? (laughs) It just slid it off the table. (laughs) Yeah. Like so quietly. And so like ninja, like too, because it was, she literally did it like six inches away from me. Like it was a small space. Um, And you know what card it was? it was the death card (laughs) it was me it was scorpio it was going through transition and it was rather beat up it did feel like somebody had just taken teeth and just gnawed me to death it's very representative of how i felt at that time in life so (laughs) that is so random like i don't know many dogs that pull things like paper off a yeah. table <laughs> yeah like, totally yeah it was so it's so fucking weird that that dog was like this looks like a tasty thing to chew on <laughs> i have lots of energy this is what i'm gonna chew it on it's how how i felt about life at that moment so <laughs> yeah She's quite literally chewing me up and spitting me out <laughs> and again to the troublesome cards the death card isn't necessarily bad as well it is a new transition period yeah for sure but i i yeah i just i felt that i felt like i was a death card i love the death card actually i think that's just because i'm a scorpio though you know i'm like yes stamping on tradition yes storm the gates death storm them (laughs) (laughs) and how do you go about choosing a deck that you like i 
I lo- I'm very tactile, so I like to be able to go to the store and touch them. However, there have been a couple of times where I just saw a deck and the imagery of it online, and I was like, yes, this is it. This mm-hmm. is, that's me. Um, and for the most part, I have very great luck with it. Like, I have vibed with pretty much every deck that I've bought. I've only been given... I've only been given one ever. And it's the same deck now that I think about it. That deck that got messed up was um, uh, somebody else bought me another one of that that deck as well. This is so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I never even thought about it like that before. Anyways, um, but yeah, I, I just buy with what I vibe. Only once have I bought something that I didn't really vibe with. And that was the Game of Thrones tarot. And that's just because I think I'm a ga- Game of Thrones fan. So I didn't like the I didn't like the representations they picked especially for a lot of the minor mm-hmm. and even a couple of the majors. I was like, really? You think this person best represents this major? Uh, okay. Like my super judgmental side came out and that deck is just like sitting somewhere. I'm sure I'll give it to somebody someday when I'm like, this makes me think of this person. Here you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, it's just really all about like feeling all about flow. Like, do I feel like when I see that I just like understand inherently there's really no rhyme or reason to it. Some of them are very obvious and very practical imagery. And then others are super duper abstract and all about alchemy and symbology and very artistic and deconstructed and don't really have very strong, simple narratives to them. So it just, it's just, it just varies. Honestly, it's like, Hey, I vibe with you now. Like I fuck with you. Let's do this step. Mm hmm. Yeah, I like. I mean, I've used the Rider Waite. I I do like the ener- um the imagery, but I don't really connect with it as much. I still relate it with t- um normal playing cards, but I am really interested in the Throth imagery. I haven't had a deck yet, and also Austin Osmond Spare has a deck that I'm interested in getting. But I've a few times made my own decks. So, so cool. <laughs> it was at a time I had a lot of time and, and I was doing a lot of drawing and doodling and then it just sort of happened. It's these like abstract drawings. They weren't like anything fancy. That's so cool though. That happens for most people I know when they talk about like, I just decided to make my own deck and you're like, well, why? And they're like, well, I was just drawing mm-hmm. and I was just like, okay. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I want to try and get back into that again. Maybe turn it into a whole art project. Well, I think we should share some of our favorite resources for learning tarot. Oh, yeah. Um, I wish I had some books uh, to recommend you, but I really, I, I don't. I don't. That's one. I have so many astrology books, but literally zero tarot books. I guess that's just because I took to tarot in the age of the internet. So whereas astrology yeah, I took to when like the internet was still kind of baby, kind of a baby. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you have at least one book I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I borrowed a book from the library. I renewed it like three or four times just so I could learn all of the basic meanings. But it was a very simplistic tarot book, like tarot for dummies sort of thing. It, it may have actually been tarot for dummies, <laughs> but it did help to learn the basic definitions or meanings of the cards and then... I could get more familiar with them and do research online, just mm-hmm. sort of broaden it out. But some good websites we know of. Um, I know you mentioned Eclectic Tarot, mm-hmm. Psychic Revelations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eclectic Tarot is a message forum. And so it, it's normally like the top result if you Google just like anything, especially if you start Googling combinations or uh, this card action, this card feelings, this card uh, clarifier. Uh, that's going to be the number one search results that normally come up because it's a message board and there's a lot of really great takes on on certain cards and you get you get a whole host of opinions on a lot of them too so there's a big spectrum to choose from where you can kind of pick and choose what vibes with you and what works with you and and let leave behind anything that doesn't um and then psychic revelation that's just like it's it sounds a little fruity of a name um not fr- not <laughs> it's fruity. not bad <laughs> yeah but like woo woo like, like it sounds a little woo woo you know um, fruity was an extremely poor choice in words sorry um my apologies uh but yeah so it sounds like a little woo woo of a name but i actually find it has such practical concise mm-hmm. definitions 
anytime I'm I'm getting overwhelmed or even confused I very often even now still will pop back on over there to kind of reorient myself just because I tend to get confused when I read for myself too heavily and I, I'm trying to make it too complicated and that very much kind of brings me back down to the ground to center to not overthinking whatever is laid out before me super great resource for that a bit yeah. bitty tarot too that's another big thing that the the big big one um she just really like she made her website right at the right time she started uh i think right before the crescendo of tarot like becoming a big cultural thing again um and it's expanded and changed so much ever since which has been sweet i love to be see that like yeah go her and make that money my two top favorites when especially when i was learning there's learntarot.com very simple straight to the point and then ata-tarot.com that one gets really in-depth and it's really outside of the box analyzing the cards so you can really break down your situation it's been extremely helpful for me yeah i used that one a couple times too it's it speaks in a lot of depth and metaphor too so when you're really looking to dig into some of the meteor aspects a lot of people don't have the patience for it unfortunately Um, it also does not have an update is that the one that doesn't have like a super updated format either it's very simple yeah it's like 90s computer skills yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, but but still like you know no frills but it's probably an earth sign that did it they were like i don't really care about like overwhelm like i just actually really it'd be more of an air sign all the earth signs i know really care about aesthetic now that i'm saying that um it's like here's the information <laughs> period i don't really care about putting any bells and whistles into it but the just simple is a whole aesthetic on its own that yeah minimalist. that's true yeah mm-hmm. um it's not minimalist in like a millennial sexy way though it's minimalist like in a truly minimalist way like, there are people like, like angel a- fire <laughs> yeah like they're like i am a minimalist and i'm like oh really and they're like yes but i have this thing and i have this luxury item and then i have this luxury item and then i have this luxury item i'm like you're n- you're not really a minimalist then right <laughs> like you, if you just walk into like the, the style yeah yeah like, <laughs> <Posa>. if you <laughs> pausa yeah for real a real minimalist has like three pieces of furniture in their whole fucking apartment and live so, in the woods <laughs> yeah in a tiny little like 400 square foot cabin and that's truly enough for them so mm-hmm. um but yeah very much that style very much all about the information about the knowledge yeah another one that's that i really like is it's a blog spot and it's uh tarot the royal road it, it's oh. just so interesting it has a lot of really unique uh, connotations it assigns like a plant partner to each card I'm not really sure where they got that from I'm, I'm maybe they maybe they channeled it like maybe they made those correlations on their own but I feel like they might have gotten them from somewhere else by all means cool. if you are the person that owns tarot the royal road blog spot please correct me if I'm wrong <laughs> um but yeah and they have very interesting takes on combinations as well and I think that's something that a lot of people constantly look up when they're learning is the combinations of cards like how do these two energies blend together and what what are they saying so all, all of these are super great resources yeah and that is wrapping up our part two of tarot we'll be back next time with our mini readings with nick bennett we're very excited to share those with y'all yay he's coming back it's so cool too. <laughs> it was so much fun to do it um and you really get a feel for how every different style and every different aspect of intuition is is so valid and so valuable and to not really hold yourself up against a scale that somebody else is because you're your own scale you're like you just can't really do that <laughs> yeah thanks for tuning in the conscious and chill we'll see y'all next week